this is Lisa Horlander, and please don't drink the paint water. The podcast, conversations between artists about our work and other great advice to survive as an artist. This is Lisa Horlander, artist, curator, teacher, and podcast host. My goal is to give you a glimpse into the lives and stories of artists, as well as showcase some of the art history happening now. Thank you for listening in. Today, I'm excited to have Thomas Flynn in the studio. Thomas Flynn II is a multimedia artist working primarily with acrylic and traditional inks, focusing on color relationships, the physical nature of dreams, and the sacredness within nature. His work has been included in the SCAD permanent collection on the cover of the inaugural issue of New Visionary Magazine, featured artist on music curatorial and on publications. He has exhibited in Texas and Georgia, as well as curated in visual group and solo exhibits internationally. Flynn received a BFA in painting and a minor in art history from the Savannah College of Art and Design, SCAD, in 2016. Flynn is currently living and working in Austin, Texas. Good to have you on the show today. Yes, I'm so happy to be here. I'm thrilled that, uh, that we ran into each other and you were able to ask me to, uh, to be on here. So I'm excited. Yeah, I'm well, excited. I've had you on my mind to be on the podcast for a while. So when I saw you, I was like, it's time. We've got to make this happen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, those, those chance encounters are, are really what, uh, what the art world's about and really shows how really small world everyone knows each other uh, yeah. in it, which is a really exciting, fun part about it. I think that's the nicest part about being part of different communities, especially in having the internet really helps us out. Yeah. The the networking, the, the spontaneous networking that happens is so much fun. Well, let's get started. What's in your glass? What do you prefer to drink while you're making art? Well, uh, today I have some nice oolong tea. I'm an avid tea drinker, and I I like the little um, little bits of alchemical process that comes in with like mixing up blue with teas. So mm. today's just a simple oolong stuff. I've got straight water today. It's a busy day and I didn't even get to make coffee. So, <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> coffee will happen though. It, it, it happened earlier in the day. It'll happen later on the day. I'm a, I'm a pretty avid coffee drinker, but I'm into tea too. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you have your whole tea bag series. So yeah. Uh, which by the way, if you, ever, if you ever are using tea bags, I would, Love to have your dried tea bag sent to me and add it to the the nice collection I've got going on. I'm excited. Add it to your to your pile. <laughs> yeah, it's I I truly have a pile right now. I'm pretty excited. So that's great. <laughs> Lots of art will be made with that. Speaking that's of, awesome. what sparked your interest in art? I think I think like a lot of other people, done art from an early age. My grandmother was an artist, and mm. we, as kids, she'd have us like painting other. Uh, but really, I never started doing any art, even remotely thinking about it as anything. But you know, kind of more craft, fun hobby until I was uh, almost done with high school, and I randomly took an art class in order to uh, to get into a photography class and I fell in love with the whole art making process ended up like doubling up like my study hall to like have like three times as much art time and uh and the photography class I was trying to get into uh ended up um absolutely being terrible and, <laughs> <laughs> and not what I wanted so uh kind of, kind of the rest uh the rest from there because I went to school for painting in in Georgia but I applied with a photography uh, portfolio because I hadn't really painted that much. 
by the time it was time to apply for colleges and get get into there. So I'm glad I did because I got a pretty decent scholarship on with with that portfolio. Nice. But as far as like my current practice and stuff, I like all through school it was pretty pretty straightforward of painting, you know, focused on the sacredness inside and and without. But then like kind of halfway through halfway through college, I suddenly developed um, like chronic or migraine that mm. would happen pretty consistently and you know, did the whole MRI things, make sure it's not a tumor or anything. Found out it's a genetic thing that follow that is on my other side and it like skips every other generation. And so now a lot of my work is kind of a response to to learning those color those color relationships that are happening in the physical process of seeing and what what's happening That's um, so interesting in inside of my work. So kind of taking like at the time it was an enormous detriment um, to to kind of what I was doing, what I was working with and had to relearn how to paint and how to see and how to do this life. And since then, I've, I feel like I've turned it into a source of power and as a teacher instead of, that's what my current work is, is all about. Okay. I feel like I went on tangent. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, no, that was great. I'm like, I'm not interrupting that. That's that's super interesting. I didn't know that. <laughs> that really does add a lot is like the how our brains will change what we see, um, even when we don't want them to. So that's yeah, that's and so it fascinating. Was, it was pretty, pretty shocking and immediate. And like I said, it it changed everything about kind of how I was painting because I used to be like a oil painter, you know, had as uh, as art schools would love to do. You know, you have that <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of dollars of yeah supply list for like oil paints and all this thing. I got really into it and. Uh, then overnight, a flip switch, and I became like incredibly sensitive to all all sorts of like fumes and oh. like uh, the turpentine, the linseed oil, because it would trigger the those migraines. So, oh. um, so now I work with acrylic, uh, but it was it was a process of of dealing with the thought that I just wasted all that time, money, and energy on doing something that my body immediately rejected overnight. Well, it feels like oil painting. So you've got me me fooled with the way that you handle acrylic. It it reminds me of an oil painting. So that's, I think that isn't complete. Uh, Just because I love oil. I love the way it looks. I love the way it works. Like that totally was like my aesthetic. And it's kind of, you know, so it's almost like a lost longing in, in my work now because it's like what could have been, what was, and mm. kind of accepting the reality, I guess, uh, constantly. But So thank you. I, I love oil paint. I love oil painting, but I physically cannot do it. Anymore. Wow. That makes me rethink of my whole life. I had to give them up i don't know what i'd do because i I use um oil-based pigments in my even in the ink like i i just love it all and i will once in a while use uh the um water-based um inks for my prints and i just don't like the way it it moves at all like if i were stuck with just that i would give up printmaking probably um oh my gosh yeah it is it's it's a different way of working and now it's it's funny i was having a studio visit the other day and like i was painting as it was happening and I just kept you know grabbing my spray my water spray bottle spraying my palette 
like, and it's like clockwork every 30 seconds. I didn't really, I don't really notice that I do that unless, you know, someone's watching, like, uh, do you just, like, constantly just spray the bottle over your whole desk, like, all the time? Like, yeah. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> just working. Keep like, it able to work and be fluid like oil. That's interesting. You you might come up with some new ways of, of using acrylics that nobody else uses. That that sounds really interesting. Now I'm like, oh, I totally want to get it in your head. <laughs> but okay. <laughs> staying on track, staying on track. Um, this actually leads right into this next question. Um, what are you working on right now and just finishing up? I know that you had a show. Yeah. So um, I I have I've delivered. It's it's kind of like a retrospective because it's all it's like 15 works in the last two years oh, wow. that uh, is up at the um, the Art Council of Brazos Valley and College Station right now. Congrats. And uh, which is exciting. Um, and I. I'm actually working on a new on the next series because I'm having a show in Austin on uh, October 15th. Oh, nice! Um, so I I can send you the details. I'm going to butcher the the name of the gallery. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I'll put that up on uh, the the website, and then when when it happens, I'll share on Instagram like crazy. <laughs> oh, awesome! I always love sharing. Yeah, so I'm stuff. I'm trying to. I'm trying to, in this new series, I'm trying to work on kind of a way of integrating, like, the things that I love about nature and outside into my work more. Mm. So I'm, like, I'm I'm putting the canvas, like, I'm kind of plain air painting, I guess, mm-hmm. where I'm being influenced by, like, seeing kind of the landscape and, like, the trees and, and the leaves and the light, but then also responding to the light and shadows that are on the on the surface of the canvas too, like drawing in certain shadows or the leaf falls, like tracing that leaf shape, like as it lands on the, on the canvas. So it becomes like almost like a, a, a mirrored pool of its environment, oh. like interacting with uh, what, what you're seeing and then also what, what's actually interacting with the physical canvas. Oh, you're speaking then, my language right there. <laughs> so those are some yeah, of my very good uh, Yeah, things. I mean, I, I have loved your work forever because I think we're on the same wavelength on a lot of things as, yeah. far, as, um, as far as aesthetics and, and interests go. That's, so. that's one of the reasons I first started reaching out to you. I was like, I want to get inside his head because I wonder if he's in on the same ideas. <laughs> and you are. <laughs> just great. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I, you're in Tyler, right? So you, you have all the trees, the tree canopy on you. That would... I guess you had a pretty, pretty close call encounter with the tree. <laughs> so I was about to say we get a little too close for comfort once in a while. <laughs> oh gosh, my poor tree. Um, fortunately, the rest of the tree is still standing. We did have quite a chunk come onto our um, house, and we're just moving back in. <laughs> it's fun. I have, I have such a. Um, empathy for anybody who is displaced in any way it's like takes over your whole life it was amazing we're like i mean it stops oh. everything in this track so you just have to deal with it and, yeah and it's like, like you eating can't out just all be like all oh, doing this in two weeks it's like nope you're doing it right now yeah no that's exactly and you're <laughs> like everything has to go on hold or you're doing everything and you're trying to walk over furniture to get to your bed so yeah it was um <laughs> And, and I had had taken for granted how wonderful it is just to have home cooked meals. So you know, oh my back gosh, on track. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The the trees here um, are 
for sure a huge inspiration for me. And I take for granted how many we actually have until incidents like this year happen where it's been really dry and then it gets really wet and the trees start dying on us. And so it's been an interesting oh transition yeah, where been... oh, all the trees I love so it's... much that I've painted, some of them are all dead now. So I have to kind of rethink how oh. I talk about these trees almost. I'm like, well, some of them are past memories. Yeah, his trees are almost like they're living documents of their yeah. uh, their environment responding to all sorts of conditions and and I guess you're 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 basically like doing a, a census project of uh, <laughs> cataloging them. <laughs> I'm gonna remember that. That's a good way of saying it. I actually was telling my students today, I made them, um, I teach middle school also, and I took them outside. I had seen a couple red leaves, so I was like, who can see the first signs of spring? And I was telling them, you know, trees, um, nature communicates a lot of information to us if we learn how to read it. So, for example, trees know what time of it of year it is before we do, and they're letting us know that it's going to, we're going to lose sunlight pretty soon here, and they are starting to change color in response. And so we can keep track of what time of year it is based off of the trees and so they thought that was cool but <laughs> i love that <laughs> although sometimes i guess during the drought it's like uh they the leaves started dying yeah. and turning brown and yellow it's like is it fall it's like definitely not no definitely no. not fall <laughs> that was different i know that was uh, there was a lot of trees that i thought oh it's they're gonna get some leaves pretty soon they're still bare and i was like oh wait it's the middle of summer oh that's sad oh, <laughs> That's part of nature. We all, we have a give and take. Yeah, exactly. Well, I had a question from the audience that I'd love to ask you. What is the most important part or item in your studio? Well, definitely, um, I, which I, you sent me the questions before and I thought a lot about this question and I could be taken in a lot of different ways. (laughs) So I, I have three answers for you. Oh, One, uh, the most important part of my like practical um, that's in the in the studio mm-hmm. is definitely I have a, a Chinese brush dryer that like it's shaped like a bath for good luck, and uh, after I wash my brushes, they kind of lay on it, um, drying on a towel, uh, and I think that that thing is just the coolest thing. I've had it for years. And nice. I'm about to been, say it. It's been through a lot of different painting painting processes, cool. but uh, it's a it's a cool object. And then the most important thing that I find for inspiration in my studio is a plant. Mm. Uh, right now, I have a night blooming uh, orchid cactus. Ooh. In, in, in my studio, kind of those uh, hidden night night vibes, which I love in my in my work, um, and then also windows too. So those are the three. I always I have to have a window in my studio looking looking out, and also great for lighting too. But then the plants, and then the the Chinese brush holders. So three. I love that. No, <laughs> tell me more about this mat. I'm trying to picture it in my head. Is it like the kind of drying mat you'd have for like? dishes or is it different like what's it made out of i will send you a photo of it but it is it is like like it's for chinese painting so like i i i did a lot of those kinds of classes in 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 college and i i don't really keep up with all all the practices um that it likes to advocate um except for a couple things and one is you know good brush care yeah. And so it's basically like, it looks like it could be like 
it has it's like a little wooden uh a wooden stand it's probably about two inches tall maybe about eight inches wide and basically it has these grooves in it that you put the brush you lay the the the, the handle of the brush in the groove and oh. then the brush part is laying gently on a on a towel uh, on the other side. So it's basically to where the brushes can dry to keep their shape yeah. and then have all the water go out of them. Basically. That's great. But it's... I like it because it's shaped like a bat, um, <laughs> which which I guess in, in Chinese, the word for bat and the word for like good luck, good fortune is uh, the same. Oh, nice. Um, and, and I don't know Chinese, so, uh, but apparently it, it's foo. And that they're homophones, so it's like the bat and good luck. You say it's like like saying like flower and flower, like a flower in the field, and mm-hmm. then a flower that you use for bait. I understand um, that. I have a friend who lived in China for a few years, and so she would talk about things like the number four is the same word that you would use for death, and so it's unlucky. And yeah, she was like, yeah, four is unlucky. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, that's so interesting. It's like the different cultural um, references you get from words. It's just like here is like the, the letter uh, or the number four, and we use it so often in like texting and stuff instead of saying it's for something. It's like little cheats. Oh, yeah. Like, and that would so be cool. a definite, like, do not do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like all those things. Oh, cultural differences are so interesting. Okay. Yeah, so I like to think it's for good luck in the studio. And, I like that. And to keep my brushes for a long time because now that, you know, as you know, a good brush is Man. expensive and it needs to just last for many, many years. <laughs> well, and I feel like that is good luck in itself. If you have a nice brush and you've kept it, kept it um, in good condition, like that's pretty good luck right there. But, yeah, I have. I had several professors over my college time that like basically would like you know smack you with like uh, an easel with you if you like <laughs> messed with your brushes wrong. Yeah, I might be that way. Okay. <laughs> I was like, skim over. I'm like, I've never done anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> so they get a grade for bad, um, for uh, cleaning up and for taking care of stuff. <laughs> like, yeah, no, those are expensive. Take care of them. Well, what have you seen lately that knocked your socks off art wise? Um, definitely. I, I've since moving to Austin, the, the gallery scene has been a lot different than in Dallas, but I've been lucky enough to. I found a couple good galleries that showed some pretty pretty good Texas artists, and um, I was at uh, Investor Contemporary recently, and they just put up a huge Bradley Curl painting in their back. And every time I see one of those paintings, I'm like absolutely floored um, by the paint paint applications, the paint handlings, the the like interest up close and and behind it. I definitely try to put those painting sensibilities in my own work or try to learn from it at least because oh, uh, yeah. he, he, he knows what's up when it comes to painting nature and capturing kind of the every real side of it. 
That's so neat. I, as a painter, I always get excited about the paint too. <laughs> it's like there's, you yeah, can tell. Of course, of course, he's an oil painter, so I'm like, yeah, it's only. <laughs> like I heard you saying that, I'm like, oh, we just talked about that. Yes, but it's so funny how if you go to see art with um another painter, and that's all you pay- talk about, basically. <laughs> it's like we get all. It's painting yeah, for painting, like this yeah. is this is incredible. I would have Look never thought to do this. Like this is like. <laughs> Because there's so many different ways to do it. So I feel like everyone should take like a paint class at some point in their life and it would really help the art market and appreciation (laughs) of painters. (laughs) This is the truth. It's like we can make it look really easy, but it's not. (laughs) It's really not. not. (laughs) It takes a long time for it to be this simple. (laughs) Yeah, really. You've got to get a few years under your belt and then it's totally easy. It still throws you off once in a while. (laughs) All the time. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Do you have an online community or resource that you recommend? Um, so I'm I'm still in the process of looking for an online art community. So willing to uh, you know throw throw any good ones. But as far as the resource goes, um, I love using uh, artwork archives. Mm-hmm. I was a little bit resistant to getting it at first, just because it has like a monthly fee. But it has been. So much easier keeping track of all of the paintings that I make, the sizes, and it's easy to send like uh, like tear sheets to um, yeah. interested patrons who want to see everything in a certain size or everything in a certain price range. And instead of which replaced my previous method of just making endless PDF documents yes. and editing them and uh, sending them, like it takes off so much time doing it, and then it, they look. They look good and they're branded and uh, oh. send it off, move on to the next thing. So that's that's honestly been a lifesaver. I totally agree. It's funny. I, I've had more people talking about Artwork Archive on here. I'm like, but it's true. They're, I, I discovered them about a year ago, actually, because it was last October. And it, it has. It's completely changed how I keep track of things. And it was totally worth every single penny. I'm I won't ever lose oh my it gosh. if I can. And, but I was so resistant, and I held yeah. off for like like a, yeah. like a year. <laughs> where I knew about it, people were like, "Oh, this is a good thing," and I was like, oh, "I don't need it though. I can pay, <laughs> I can use that nine dollars for something else." <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. You're like, I can make it work for myself. I'm like, no, this is so much better than the ugly spreadsheet. Yeah, this did. is so much better. <laughs> it is so much better. It is so much easier. And then they have a professional little page for everybody, and I love it. That's so true. Yeah. Well, speaking of online, where can people find more about you? What's your website? So my website is www.thomasflynnii.com, uh, which comes from the second. Uh-huh. But um, and and you can buy my work there, see more about my previous projects, current projects, all sorts of things. Uh, I've done a lot of work on it to make it a good resource for like, you want to know something, it's on there. I guarantee mm-hmm. it. And if it's not, let me know because then I'll, uh, it'll be up there shortly. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm also pretty active on Instagram mm-hmm. and uh, I try to, I try to let that be my main social media output. And then it disperses through the Facebook page and TikTok and then eventually into my email contact list. Uh, every couple weeks yeah, so. it's it's fabulous you guys go check it out he has some really nice videos i have to say i've been really enjoying your tiktok especially because <laughs> you like have a few sounds on there now and i'm like oh i'm totally using that sound that's great 
but yeah, it's a lot of fun. I look, I look forward to seeing them on there. I'm like, oh, something art. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not cool enough to have like a huge following on any of them, but I do try my best, and and uh, and I and at least I I enjoy it, and Hands at least you know six other people around the world enjoy. It. <laughs> well, I do too. Y'all go check him out. Seriously, I'll put links to his um, information that he just shared up on the podcast pod page, and then I'll be sharing it on um, my social media. Which, if you want to like the the podcast social media, it is don't drink paint water. I'm on Instagram. We don't have a TikTok yet. I, I just haven't had the time for it. But you can totally leave your questions for future guests on there as well. But Thomas, has been really fun having you on here. Yeah. And uh, I'll send you a picture of my uh, Chinese brush holder in action. So you yes, please. I'll share that on Instagram. That's great. And then we can all be <laughs> a little jealous and go hunt them down because that's such a good idea. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Well, have a great day. And everybody, thank you for listening in. If you liked my podcast, you can now support it on Patreon on www.patreon.com backslash Lisa Horlander, H-O-R-L-A-N-D-E-R.com. And don't forget to follow me and my guests on social media. It's a free way to support us. You can also check out more on Instagram for my studio. I just opened one recently. In Between Studio is here in Tyler, Texas. We do art classes. We have a micro gallery with art in it from local artists. And then also we do have an Instagram. So In Between Art Studio and check us out for more. Thanks for listening in. Thank you, podcasting wizards at Toginet. If you want to start a podcast and sound amazing, I highly recommend you check them out. Don't forget, like this episode, it supports me and helps me make more podcasts. Also, check out the podcast's Instagram at Don't Drink Paint Water Podcast. Yes, one word. To see pictures of what I've talked about and to leave your questions for my future guests. See you on the next episode of Don't Drink the Paint Water, the podcast. <laughs>